Okay, so we had some Saturday NFL football. We had some big games. Couple teams clinched playoff spots. A couple teams got eliminated from playoff contention. Um, some teams that were good last year, uh, that actually went to the Super Bowl last year, got eliminated from playoff contention. The NFC is wild. Um, we got a lot to, to break down with the NFC. The NFC is wild. Um, we could possibly end up about with with about four teams that can finish twelve and four. Four or five teams that can finish twelve and four in the NFC. The NFC is top heavy. It's loaded. Um, I like what I'm seeing. With New England, we're going to talk about New England, the 49ers. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Philly, Cowboys, all that good stuff. Uh, so let's go. Without further ado. Okay, so we got a big-time game Sunday afternoon. Cowboys go to Philly. Uh, basically, whoever wins this game gets into the playoffs. And Philly went in the playoffs. Dallas went in the playoffs. Now, mind you, uh, I think we have two, two different teams where I think both of them are built similarly. I think Philly and Dallas are both built similarly. And one team has faced a lot of injuries, especially at the receiver position. I think usually an NFL roster going into a season, going into a game, they carry about six, seven receivers. Philly going into this, into, into this weekend is carrying three receivers. Um, I think they're carrying about three receivers going into this game. And what Carson Wentz has done, I think is, um, let's say, heroic. It's and I don't know what it is about Carson Wentz. Uh, I, you know, I was watching some film. I watched film on Carson Wentz, and I was like, uh, he makes all of the spectacular throws. And I've been saying this. I've been saying this since the season has started. I've been saying this about Carson Wentz for the longest. He makes all the spectacular throws. He can make throws that only probably Patrick Mahomes can make in in the league. He makes those type of throws, but he does not make the easy reads. But that's that's been my only like real real knock on Carson Wentz. But I feel like there's some 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 anti Carson Wentz in the league. Um, or, or around lead circles, there's some anti-Carson Wentz. Like, we love Mahomes, and we love uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, we, we, we put our arms around Baker. We put our arms around all these young quarterbacks, and, you know, we just, hey, Carson Wentz, uh. We just, we, we just look at him like, hey. But as far as, like, first, let's start off with talent. Talent is not an issue with Carson Wentz. He has the arm, the accuracy. It's just that I think um, he has the mobility as well. He's a he, he he's athletic. He's a guy that can get out the pocket and make plays with his legs as well. But I, I look at um I look at he doesn't make the easy throws. While I was watching film breaking them down, he doesn't make the easy throws. I'll go back and look at games. He doesn't make the simple check down throws. The underneath routes, he doesn't make those throws at a high rate, and I think if you add that, if you if he was to add that factor to his game and and, and, and like capitalize off of that, and then when it's time to make the Superman type play 
or the or the special type play that only him and Patrick Mahomes can make. I think if you if you bunch all of that together into two, I think uh, I think I think Carson he would be a much more better. I think he'd be a much better quarterback than what he is. I think he'd be a much better quarterback, and I think with him doing that and adding that to his game and repertoire, I think that would then make Philly all ultimately a better team. That would ultimately make make Philly a better team if he could make those throws. And with Carson Wentz, besides that, besides me getting criticizing him and critiquing him about that point or aspect about his game, he I mean, dude is you know. 25 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 3,400 passing yards, 63 completion percentage. I mean, he's been, he's been playing well this season despite not having, for most of the year, a deep threat and losing Alshon Jeffrey. You know, Alshon Jeffrey's been hit, hit or miss this year. I don't, you know, it's a, it's a contract year for him. I don't know where Philly goes uh, as far as the contract, but. Alshon Jeffrey's been banged up for just about most of the year. Deshaun Jackson's been banged up for all of the year. So it's a hit or miss with Philly and their receiving core. But, hey, that has not stopped Carson Wentz. He still has Dallas Garter, Zach Ertz, the superstar tight end. He still have those pieces to throw to. But other than that, there's no deep threat. Those no, There's no guy that's going to beat man coverage one-on-one. But Zach Ertz, nobody else is doing that. Nobody else is doing that. Um, I, you know, I, I just, just, just a bad sight to see with Philly. But Carson Wentz has made the best out of the situation, and this is, and this is ultimately going to be my, my, my big point right here. If Carson Wentz wins this game against Dallas on Sunday, that's amazing. That's that 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 is a success. Dallas, you're playing against your. Your, your division foe, division rival. Uh, on paper, this team is better than you. They have most of their guys healthy. Dallas has everybody healthy. I know they say Dak has a little shoulder, uh, Nick, Nick and Bruce on his shoulder, whatever. Dallas have had their receiving core for most of the year. And if if if, if some way somehow Carson Wentz can pull some magic tricks out of his bag and and win this game and beat Dallas at home to get into the playoffs, that's amazing. And that's incredible. And I think you will have to put a little bit more respect on Carson Wentz's name. You will have to put a little bit more respect on Carson Wentz's name because um, I know, you know, he gets he, catch, he catches bad flack for, you know, hey, for the Super Bowl run that, that Nick Foles went on. But if you go back detail, if you go back and look closely at that Super Bowl run, Nick Foles, I mean, he played, he played, he played well. Now he did play well in the Super Bowl against Brady and the Patriots. He played well, but if you look out, if you look through those last playoff, those last, I mean, those last regular season games, and those last, and those play, and some of those playoff games, he didn't play tremendously well. He didn't play tremendously well. The defense stepped up and played well um, during that Super Bowl run, and quite frankly. A game up against Atlanta. Atlanta, Julio Jones drops a touchdown pass. He, dro- he drops a pass that he catches nine out of ten times. That was just the one time he dropped it. Uh, they ran into Minnesota in the conference championship game. They had home field advantage. Minnesota came off a big, coming off a emotional, a big win against New Orleans. Minnesota didn't goes to Philly and gets blown out. And then, and then he plays well against Don Brady. But if you look at Game by game of that Super Bowl run and those last few games of the regular season, Nick Foles wasn't tremendous. He wasn't great. He wasn't a world beater. He just did enough to get them by with the defense playing at a high cylinder. Um, Offensive line is good. Running game was good. Receivers were healthy. That you know he had everything. Everything was perfect for him. And but we gotta remember, hey, but when before Carson Wentz got hurt, he was eleven and two. He was by far the league's MVP that year, and he had he gave and he gave Philly home field advantage throughout the postseason that year. We got we have to keep that in mind. We have to keep that in mind. We, we I mean I just I just find it funny uh, that we forget about that. We forget about that aspect of how like how good Carson Wentz was. Before the, the before the ACL tear, we just forget how good he actually was. 
But this will um, I, it, it would be crazy. It would be crazy if Carson Wentz comes out of here with a victory on Sunday. Sunday night is going to be miserable. If you're a Cowboys fan, if you lose, you might want to call out on Monday because that's going to be a hard. That, you're going to be. You're going to be. You're going to be the joke. You're going to be the joke of the town. It's going to be the joke of the town if Dallas lose to Philly. Dallas has everybody. Dallas, uh, you know, they, receivers healthy, running back healthy, O-line healthy, defense is healthy, coming off a big win. Uh, it, it should be no reason why Dallas should not win this game. Uh, I'm, I am going to give you guys my game picks, but Carson Wentz has to do a better job. I mean, I mean I'm sorry. They, it, Dallas, they can't lose this game. They can't lose this game. They cannot lose this game. And with Carson Wentz, if they if, if Carson comes out of here and with a big game, he throw he, he you know, he shows up. I mean that's the I, I that's the only way I could see that Philly winning. If Carson Wentz has a tremendous game. He throws for three fifty, three, four touchdowns, you know, and and, and and Philly's defense is playing well. I think that's the only way I can see or even fathom Philly even winning this game um they should the Cowboys should win this game but hey the Cowboys they should have won a lot of games this year and they didn't win them so this is why we play this is why guys play this is why you have to go out and play um it's going to be a big game on Sunday I'm gonna like I said I'm gonna give you my game picks but I do want to shift gears to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tom and Tom Coughlin Tom Coughlin, Jacksonville, part ways. Tom Coughlin was G, the, was the GM and the president of operation of the Jaguars. Now, uh, I think Tom Coughlin, you know, with the Jaguars, it's a bad mix. It's a bad mix. And I have a list for you guys. I came up with a list. It's not one of my top ten lists. No, it's not one of my top ten lists. But I came up with a list. This list consists. This this list consists of. I feel like these are the bottom feeders in the NFL. Like, management is bad. So, with bad management, well, first, ownership is bad with these teams. The, all these teams have bad ownership. So, I think with bad ownership, that leads to bad management and, ba- like, bad, peop- bad people, well, people making bad and wrong decisions, making wrong decisions in the front office. And then I think this leads to coaching. And then obviously the product that these teams put out on the field. I think those are the four layers. Those are my four layers when I had these teams. I think these are the bottom feeders of the league. These teams are pathetic. Um, I hate talking about them. I rarely talk about them. So Jacksonville, just a bad situation. Um... They, you know, they went out, free agency, got Nick Foles. Nick Foles gets hurt first few weeks of the season. They go with Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew had a hot streak for a second. Uh, but Gardner Minshew, you know, the league figures him out. He's just a replacement. He's just a fill-in. Gardner Minshew is not a franchise guy. Gardner Minshew is not the next Patrick Mahomes. He's none of that. He's none of the above. He's none of the above. He's a good Fill in replacement guy until you find the right match. Nick Foles obviously was, you know, with you paying him that big time contract. That was obviously the wrong move. I saw that coming from a mile away, but that's what you get with Jacksonville. Bad management, bad ownership, bad management. That leads to bad decision making and placing bad product on the field. All of it is just bad. It's a bad situation. And this is why I call these I call these teams my bottom feeders of the league. My bottom feeders of the league. I call these teams my bottom feeders of the league. Um, and then the Jalen Ramsey mess in the middle of the season. Thank God they got rid of him. Um, you know, that gives them some time to think and see what they can do. With, uh, whatever moves can they explore, but bad. So this is the teams. Cincinnati, Cleveland, Redskins, Jaguars, Lions. All five teams have bad management, bad ownership, bad coaching, and they put, they quite frankly put, usually put some bad product on the field. Cincinnati, before they, you know, during those years with Marvin Lewis, 
they you know they they were just they were just you know comfortable and and complacent with being the third best team in the AFC North. Um, and thank God that the Browns were in their division because Cincinnati would have been even worse if the Browns were in their division. But the Browns are even bad. They even the, the Browns are even worse. The Browns are even worse than the Cincinnati Bengals as a franchise. Uh, ownership is bad. Man- management this year, I think it's a big problem. I think it's I think management with John Dorsey deserves a lot of the blame with 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 how this whole thing has unfolded with Cleveland Baker and Odell and this Freddie Kitchens who is clearly not ready for the job. Bad black bad for Cincinnati, bad Browns. Uh the Redskins. What more do I have to say about the Redskins? The Redskins first the name, the Redskins. Um, second, bad ownership with Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder is not afraid to spend money. He's never been as afraid to spend money, but the Redskins put money in the wrong players' hands. They they invest in the wrong players um, most of the time. Sometimes, you know, rarely, it's a rare occasion where they say, oh, the Redskins picked up a really good player. It's a rare occasion. Um, you know, they most of the time they pick the wrong guys, bad character guys who don't fit the culture or the culture that you know a, a winning culture doesn't it doesn't fit that that suit. Um, you know, management is is horrible. Management is horrible. It's disgusting. It's disgusting to see what what some of the moves that they that that they have made these last few years. I don't know what the hell Bruce Allen is doing. Bruce Allen is bad. So Redskins is one of those teams where they're the bottom feeders of the league. They gotta get their act together. Um, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. We just talked about Jacksonville, and then Detroit. Detroit is terrible. Detroit is god awful. The 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 Lions are god awful. Um, they might want to be. They might want to start looking in another direction at the quarterback position. I mean, because we see. I mean, we kind of seen the best of Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, talent wise, is a good quarterback. Matt Stafford is a good quarterback, talent wise. He has all of the measurables. He got good size, good arm, good accuracy. Uh, mo- mo- he's a little mobile. He throws a a, a pretty deep ball, but. Name 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 the signature win that Matt Stafford has. Matt Stafford can't win big games. And that's quite frankly been the Lions that's been their franchise history. That's been historically what they're known for. You know, they might be good here and there, but historically the Lions can't win the big games. And that's what they are. That's what Matthew Stafford is. Can't win the big games. Won't win the big games, and it's taking them some time to get good again. And the Lions, they just suck. These are the bottom feeders of my. These are the teams that are the bottom. These are the bottom feeders of the league. This is what that. This that's what I call them. Um, I'm gonna have more talk. Uh, I see you. On the, I see you on the other side of the segment. Um, I got some quarterback talk. We're gonna discuss quarterbacks and uh, their futures. In teams futures how teams feel about their current quarterback and um, how, how, how do they feel I'm gonna tell you my opinion on that also we're gonna break down these games for Saturday and Sunday's week 16 picks all on the other side let's go
Okay, so I came up with this. I came up with this to um, describe how teams are feeling about their current quarterback situation right now. Because I've seen something interesting. I've seen something very interesting um, with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, they, they, apparently, they're still all in with Jameis. They're still all in with with Jameis Winston. And my problem with Jameis Winston is it's been this in it's been the same problem and the thing that I have struggled to come up with uh since he's been in, since his second year at Florida State is Jameis lacks bad judgment. He, he I mean he lacks judgment. He doesn't make good judgment decisions and I think some of that I think some of that, you know, lack of good judgment, I think, has came on in the field. And it, it, it's showing you. He, this guy, that throws so many interceptions. Today against, against, um, the Houston Texans. Jameis Winston threw four interceptions. This guy threw four interceptions. Four interceptions. Uh, this he's bad. This guy is bad. This guy has twenty-four interceptions on the season, with thirty touchdowns, forty-five thousand, forty-five hundred passing yards. Now, he and he's twenty-eight and forty. His career record is twenty-eight and forty. He puts up good numbers. I mean, you look at, you know, 4,500 passing yards, uh, you know, 8 yards per attempt, 30 touchdowns. Okay, you, oh, you're like, oh, wow, this guy's really good. But then you look at this interception column, and you're like, well, damn, bro, you sure do throw a lot of those. Yes, yes, he does. And I, you would think Tampa Bay would be ready to move off of him. And it's not like Tampa Bay has, a, you know, this is the thing. Tampa Bay is a middle-of-the-pack team. Tampa Bay is... They're talented enough not to be bad, like not to be one of the worst teams in the league, but they're not talented enough to be a playoff team and compete with the NFC's best. They're just not that they're, they're just not they're just not that good. But furthermore, here go my current situations with every franchise quarterback. Now I got some categories. These are teams that love their quarterback. These are teams that I think love their quarterback situation as we speak. Kansas City, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, Houston. I think these teams love their quarterback situation. I don't think these teams would trade anything for their quarterback situation. I think they are in love with their quarterback situation as if right now. I think these are the teams that love their current quarterback situation. Kansas City love Patrick Mahomes. Eagles, Carson Wentz, I think they're, they're going to be in here for the next 10 years. They just got to give him a deep threat. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, come on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, of course. He's the only reason why they're 11-3. Uh, New Orleans, or they're special. New Orleans, Drew Brees, they're, they're, they're in love. Seattle and Russell Wilson, of course. I mean, he's, he's probably the league's MVP. He's the most viable player to his team, yes. Why wouldn't they love him? And then Houston. I think Houston is in completely in love with Deshaun Watson, and I know they are because they're completely dependent on Deshaun Watson. I think Houston... Depends on Deshaun Watson a little too much. They depend on. They, I mean, they depend. They depend on Deshaun Watson too much. It's Deshaun Watson or bus. Like they they depend on him way too much. It's very it's it's very dependent. They're very they're very they're very dependent um, on Deshaun Watson. So I know they're lo- they're in love with him. So those are teams again. Kansas City, Philly, Baltimore, Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, and Houston. All of those teams love their current quarterback situation. That's my first category. They love them. 
They love them, wouldn't trade them for the world. Love their quarterback situation. Now, these are the teams that they don't particularly. I don't. I'm not gonna say they don't. They don't. They don't love their quarterback situation. But if you go back and look at that first category, I think cer- certain teams would like pick. Th- they would pick other quarterbacks from that other group. You know what I'm saying? But these are teams that I think are. I think they're happy with their current. They don't love it. They don't love it. They wouldn't trade. They would mean. They, I'm not saying you know they 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 they, they, they hate it. But these are teams that just happy with their quarterback situation. You know they can they can go with it for now. 49ers, Cowboys, Falcons, Patriots, Rams. Pittsburgh and Minnesota. Those teams, I think, are happy with their quarterback situation as of right now. I think those teams are content with their current quarterback situation. I think those teams are fairly content with their quarterback situation. Now, it doesn't mean in the next coming years that, you know, even after a contract is over or when one's retired. That does not mean that they won't, they don't, you know, they're not going to try and look for another guy. But they are, I think these teams are happy with the current quarterback situation. Um, not, they don't absolutely love them, but I think they're happy. Uh, the 49ers, I think they're happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they know that Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo is not Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. He's not that, but Jimmy G is good enough. Where I think the 49ers can win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they can win a Super Bowl with him. Um, but they do realize that he's not as talented as Mahomes or Wentz or even Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's as talented as Deshaun Watson. But he is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Um, Dallas, I think they're happy with their thing with, the, with Dak. Um, Dak has obviously made progressions throughout the year. Um, he, he's definitely, and he's definitely like a, he's definitely a B quarterback. He's not average. He's more, he's closer to B status than average. Um, he, you know, he, he's made some tremendous strides, but the Cowboys do understand and well, I hope they understand that Dak is much better and much efficient when Zeke is running the ball and those passing lanes open up for him, and he's able to run. You know, he's able to run those play action passes and stuff. Atlanta, I think they're happy. They're in the same group. I think they're happy with the current quarterback situation. But Matt Ryan, they do they do understand that Matt Ryan is older. Matt Ryan has certain limitations athletically, so they got to build the old line. But I think they are happy for now. New England, the Patriots. I think they're I think they're content right now with Brady, but they obviously know they need a successor plan. Um, now I think New England, they are, they do probably admit, hey, we could use some better weapons on the outside on the perimeter, but also there is some slippage in Brady's game, and I think they both real. I think I think the Patriots. Realize both. They realize both aspects of slippage in Brady's game, and also happening to put the right pieces around Brady. It's a combination of two, but I think they're happy for right now with the with with their situation. The Rams. I also think they they're gonna have to be happy with this situation because Jared Goff has a big time contract. So. They're gonna have to be happy with it, regardless, even if they're not happy. But I think they are happy with with Jared Goff as of right now. They also do realize that hey, he is much better when Todd Gurley is running the ball effectively and the O line is blocking and the O line is strong. They do realize that you have to put certain pieces around Jared Goff to you know for Jared Goff to look anything like he did last year. The Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger. I think they're happy with Ben right now, but also with similar to New England, they also realize that they're gonna they're gonna need a successor. They're gonna need a, a, a successor. They need a plan, a backup plan, 
So when Ben Roethlisberger is older and retired, and he, you know, he's close to retirement, they have a plan so they can get ready and move on to the next guy. And then the Vikings. The Vikings, I think they're content right now. They're 10-4. They're a good team. They're a playoff team. They're relevant. They have a chance. They have a shot to win the NFC. I'm, I don't think they're going to win the NFC, but I think they are happy with Kirk Cousins. So that is my second category. That's my second category. Teams that are happy for now. San Francisco, Dallas, Atlanta, New England, Rams, Steelers, Vikings. Now, these are my teams that have young quarterbacks, and they like them, and they've seen some bright spots, but obviously they have to get better, and, they, and obviously they got to put some more pieces around for their young quarterback to get better. Now, this is my category where I call they're happy where they're at right now. They're happy where they're at right now. They're happy so far. They've seen some bright spots. Buffalo, Cleveland, Arizona, Giants, Jets. Um, Buffalo has made tremendous strides offensively. I'm going to talk more about them later. Um, they have made tremendous strides offensively throughout the course of this season. Along with Josh Allen, he seems more comfortable. Still, still kind of a raw prospect. But they love his talent, they, his arm talent. He's athletic. He's mobile. He's a, he's, a, he's a competitor. He's a gamer. They love that about him. He's smart, though. He doesn't make careless mistakes. So I think Buffalo is, I think they're, they're pleased with what they're seeing so far this year. Um, okay, this might be a hard one for me, but... The Browns. Um, I think the Browns are happy so far with Baker. Um, obviously, they can't give up on Baker just quite yet because Baker, uh, he's the, he was the number one draft pick. So they can't give up on Baker. But Baker, you know, his first, especially his first year, he's shown some bright spots. But I think with a better coach, I don't think Baker is this bad. I think with Baker, if you know, when when, when Browns finally hire a better coach. I think the Browns will. I think I think Baker will. His play will go up. I honestly think his play will go up. Uh, Arizona, Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, a good match. They're a good fit. Um, Kyler Murray has shown some bright. He's shown a lot of bright spots. A lot of uh, a lot of. Uh, he's seen. I've seen a lot of them, and he has some special talent, talents, and some uniqueness about him. I think Arizona like them. The Giants, I think they, I think they like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, you know, came over, came, you know, started his first game, got the big time win over Tampa Bay. Um, he has had, he struggled to keep the, you know, the ball, you know, the turnover, you know, number down. The turnover number has been up, uh, the, the, you know, these last few weeks before he got hurt. But the Giants do see and see some type of hope. They see some type of hope, and they see that this kid, this kid can play. And then the Jets. Sam Darnold, since week nine, has 14 touchdowns to two interceptions with completing 70%, about 70% of his passes. Sam Darnold, since week nine, has played really well. He's played really well, and I think the Jets, they've realized that, hey, they've got to put a better O-line around him, some more receivers, and uh, you know maybe a better coach. And that can get them over the top with Sam Donald. But those are my teams that are somewhat, they're happy so far. They're happy for right now with their young quarterbacks. All of these teams have young quarterbacks. Now, these are my teams that have placeholders, but they know we need a franchise quarterback. These are my teams that know they need a franchise quarterback. And some of these teams are good, like they have good rosters, but they know they need a franchise guy. And it's Chicago, Tampa Bay, Indianapolis, Detroit, Oakland, and and Tennessee. These are teams, most of these teams like Chicago, Indianapolis, the Titans, I am big fans of their rosters. Like I, I, like I think Tennessee has an underrated roster. Uh, the Lions have a good roster. The Colts have a Super Bowl-type roster. 
Um, Chicago has a great defense. But these teams realize that, hey, we do need quarterbacks. We need franchise quarterbacks. We have placeholders for right now. But they do understand that they need a franchise guy these next coming years. These are the teams that realize that they need franchise guys in the next coming years. Chicago, Tampa Bay, Indianapolis, Detroit, Oakland, and Tennessee. I love I love just about every roster, you know, all these rosters. They just got to get that one guy that's going to take them over the top. And these are just my teams who, as of right now, they just don't know what to think of their quarterback situation. Like, their quarterback situation is bad. They need a divorce automatically, immediately, right now. And it's Cincinnati, Denver, Chargers, Dolphins, Jaguars, Panthers, Redskins. Those those group of teams, they have they have okay rosters, but they know the quarterbacks that they have right now, uh they they they, they need some help, seriously. They need some serious help at the quarterback position. Those are teams that need some serious help at the quarterback position, and they need it quick, fast, in a hurry. Those are my quarterback categories, and those are my situations, my current situations with teams right now. Those are my current situations with teams right now and how they feel about their quarterbacks. Now, let's dive into these Saturday's games, these Saturday games. Um, first, we had Houston at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a 7-win team. Tampa Bay is a the Tampa Bay is a, they have a solid roster. Um, I like I like Bruce Arians. I, I like a, I like a couple assistants that they have, like Todd Bowles. That's working their defense. I I like I like their coaching staff, and I like some of their roster, especially on defense. But the the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston. That thing is not going to work, and I, I saw a report that you know that 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 they're looking to bring him back, and they're fully committed to him in the 2020 season. I don't know why. I I don't understand it. The guy leads the league in interceptions. He's a turnover machine. He throws you out of games. You know how in basketball, there's guys that can like shoot you into games, or there's guys that can shoot you out of games. Well, Jameis Winston is that guy in the NFL. He is that guy that can he can throw you in a lot of games, and he can also throw you out of a lot of games. With the number of touchdowns that he throws, he can he you look up and you're like, oh my God, Tampa Bay is in this game. And with the number of interceptions that he throws, you're like, oh whoa whoa, Tampa Bay lost that game, and that 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 that's why. That's why, and I, I just don't, you know, but mainly, mainly with Houston, this has been my, this has been what I am hit, banging on with Houston. They relied too much on Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson didn't have a great day, but they rely ultimately too much on him. Uh, with 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 the with their defense forcing four turnovers, this 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 game shouldn't have been. A three-point victory for the Texans. This is why I don't, I don't, I can't see them winning two playoff games. Like they will probably have to play Buffalo. I don't know if they beat Buffalo. I don't know. I don't know if the Texans are better than Buffalo. I don't think we. I don't. I don't know if I can sit here and say Houston is like outright better than Buffalo. I don't. I. I can't say that. I don't. I. I don't think that. Um, I think with you, you know, Houston defense played well today against Tampa Bay, but it's Jameis Winston. You, he, 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 you're almost guaranteed at least two picks when you play against him. But with Houston, you know, I, I like I, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I like Will Fuller. I like Kenny Stills. I like I, I love Deshaun Watson and the talent that they have on the outside. But you do have to come to a realization. That they rely too much on their perimeter stars and, and and Deshaun Watson. They rely on their perimeter stars and Deshaun Watson. Uh, Bill O'Brien. He's a I guess he's an okay coach. I mean, 
We've seen okay coaches win a lot of games, a lot of regular season games. We see it with Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett has multiple 12-4 and four seasons and 11-5 and five and 10-6 and seasons. But we all know Jason Garrett is an average coach. And Bill O'Brien, he may, be, he may just be an average coach um, where he wins 10, 11 games every year and win a division. But if they don't, if, if Houston don't improve this roster um, with the, like, let's, let's just start with the O-line and, 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 you know, their defense. If they don't improve this roster, that, that, you know, that I don't see them winning multiple playoff games. They could probably win one playoff game. But if they run into like a New England, a Kansas City, or Baltimore, I think they lose. I think they lose because I think they rely on Deshaun Watson to make the big play every time. And luckily, they got away with one today. And, you know, he didn't have a good game. But I feel like they rely on Deshaun Watson to make the big play every single time. And I don't think that's going to work every time. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it works. I don't think that's a winning formula. I don't think that's a formula to win the Super Bowl. So that's what I think with Houston. On to New England and Baltimore. I mean, on to New England and Buffalo. Excuse me. New England. Okay. New England and Buffalo. Um, New England won uh, 24-17. I did my predictions. I predicted that New England would win. New England uh, did win against Buffalo. It was a nail-biter, but New England clinched the AFC East. They are, they are 12-3. I think this is the 12th straight time. I think, I think this is the 12th season that Brady has had 12 or more wins, so that's good for him. Um, with Buffalo, I went, first I'm going to start with Buffalo, and then I, go, I get back to New England. Buffalo... I love watching Buffalo play. I don't know what it is. They don't, they don't score 30 points. They don't score, you know, they're not going to throw for 400 yards. You know, John, you're not going to get that with them. But they know who they are. They don't care where they're at. They don't, play, they don't care who they're playing, who's going, what coach they're going up against. Buffalo knows who they are. Buffalo knows how, they, how they're going to win. They know how, to, how they're going to win, and they, play, they, they continue to play their style of football. That's why I've just become such a huge fan of watching Buffalo, especially like these last two months. I, I, I've been watching Buffalo so much cl- like closer now, and the way how they play, I, I just like how the way they play. They let they you know they found the way to limit the uh, they limit Lamar Jackson. They limited him pretty well. Uh, they played New England pretty tough today. They played New England pretty tough, but not sure, not sure. If, 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 you know, I know, well, I'm not going to say I'm not sure. I know you can't win a Super Bowl with the, with the type of offense that they have. They're, they're a little, they're still offensively limited and I think they can win a playoff game, but anything after that, anything beyond that, I don't see it happening due to their offense. Now, I think with a, with a, you know, some, some more growth with Josh Allen, uh, his accuracy and his reads that he make, and, you know, a little bit more offensive explosion with a couple with this defense. I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo. Love the coaching staff. Launch. Love Sean McDermott. Does a great job with Buffalo. Love the Bills. Love what they're all about. Now with New England and the Patri- with, with the Patriots, I, I would have to say this is the bet. That was probably offensively. As far as the efficiency and how they move the ball, it seemed like they moved the ball much easier today than like the last two months. The last two months, two months, um, New England has been such a hard watch offensively because they couldn't move the ball, they couldn't get first downs, they couldn't get big plays, they couldn't get easy plays. But I saw them mixing it up. They had more of an identity today. Um, than ever, that was probably the best I've seen their offense perform in the last month and a half. I would say the last month and a half, two months. I think that's the best I didn't seen their offense perform. Edelman was battling through an injury. He played well. Brady was efficient. 
Um, that, 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 that's a bright sign to see going into the postseason. And of course, their defense, their defense is going to be on point. Their defense was on point tonight. They gave up a couple big plays here and there. But for the most part, their defense was on point. Their defense got critical stops at the right time, at the right moment. Um, now, I still think with the way how they look, I still think New England. I don't know. I don't know if this is a Super Bowl team. I don't know if it's a, if, if if it's a Super Bowl team. But what I can tell you is they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough out, and I don't like if Kansas City was to go to Foxborough again in the postseason. I don't know if Kansas City make it out of there. I I, I just don't know if Kansas City makes makes it out of there. But that is my take with the Patriots. I, I really like how they look offensively. I really like how they look offensively. Do not sleep on New England. I know they look bad offensively all this year, but don't sleep. They, 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 this is the time where they wake up. This is, not, this is the time where they wake up. But I, I do think New England, this is the most vulnerable that New England has looked in forever. <laughs> this is the most vulnerable. If this was if, if 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 it's any year to beat New England, this is the year to beat New England. If you're one of those AFC teams, this is the year. And I, I you know, this is the year. They do it. This is the year to do it. Um so let's transition to the Rams and 49ers. Uh what with so the Rams eliminated from playoff contention with the loss to the 49ers. You're probably wondering the Rams, this is the first team to be eliminated from playoff contention after reaching the Super Bowl since 2016. Um, the Rams, took a, a, they took a hard fall this year. Offensive line issues, Jared Goff struggled through, I think he had a bad November. Jared Goff had a, a, a very bad October and November. Um, it hit the Rams hard, Todd Gurley. His health was questioned um, throughout majority of this season. The Rams' O-line is a big problem. It's aging. The Rams, I still think this is, I still think this is a good team. It's a good roster. It's a good spot to be in. They, the Rams are in a better spot than most teams. Like teams that did not, that, that did not make the playoffs, the Rams are in a good spot. They're in a good spot. They got, they, you know, they, they, they got a good coach, good young coach in Sean McVay. Um, they got some nice little studs on defense. Their defense started to play well these last few weeks, but then I saw a lot of blown coverages against San Francisco. They got to work on that. Um, but it's a little too late. I think the, I think the Rams have finished this season off 9-7, as I predicted a couple weeks ago. Um, when I did the outcomes for the next few weeks, they struggled to run the ball. A lot of their, a lot of their, you know, what happened this year and a lot of their failures and the reason why they're eight and seven and outside of the playoff bracket is, is due to the failure and them not being able to run the ball consistently enough where Jared Goff felt comfortable and it kept the defense honest. That, that, I mean, that's, that's that's the focal point. That is the focal point. And also, their division was loaded this year. <laughs> their division was loaded. They're gonna have. They're probably gonna have two 12 and four teams in their division. It's kind of hard to top that. It is kind of hard to top that. Now with the 49ers, I seen them. I seen San Francisco. While when when the play when uh, defensively, I say. Now I'm gonna say this. In today's age. With the way how with the way how the game is called and officiated and with so much with so much talent on offense and the offensive players are able to do whatever basically they want to do, it's hard to play defense. It's hard to go out here and ask a modern a modern day defense, hey, hold every team to thirteen points. All week, every week, for for seventeen weeks, it is hard to do that. Even the best defenses, they're gonna give up twenty one. I say, if your defense gives up twenty one, 
If they can hold an offense to 21, I think that's good. And if San Francisco is able to do that, I'd like them to get out the NFC. Um, I think it's going to be a big game for them coming up for this week. Um, going into C- well, for next week, going into Seattle. Uh, that would be a big game because it's a big difference for the Niners having a first round bye and home field throughout the regular throughout the postseason. Then rather having to go on the road and possibly play Green Bay at Lambeau. That's a totally different setting. That's a totally different setting and storyline. Um, the 49, I think the 49ers would be just fine, though. I like this team. I'm a real big fan of this team. Um, but I'm going to get to my game picks on the, uh, on the next segment. I'm going to get to my game picks. Just wanted to break down some of the games that we've seen on Saturday and today. So big games. Big games on Sunday, though. I'm going to give you my picks on the next segment. See you. Okay, so one last thing. Last segment, I'm going to give you guys my Sunday Week 16 game picks. I start off Week 16 3-0. Uh, I predicted that Tampa Bay, I predicted that Houston will beat Tampa Bay. That happened. Uh, I predicted that New England would beat Buffalo. That happened. And then lastly, I predicted that the 49ers would beat the Rams. All three happen. I start off 3-0 to start week 16. So, 1 o'clock game, Jacksonville at Atlanta. Neva team is playing for that. Atlanta is at home. They're 7.5 point underdog. I'm going to take the points. Uh, Atlanta's been playing well to close out to close out these uh, last few weeks. They've been playing hard. I think they've been playing for Dan Quinn. I think his I think his job was on the on you know on at risk. If they would have finished about four wins, but now they might have six or seven wins, possibly. So I think uh, with them, they've been playing hard these last few weeks. Matt Ryan's been playing well. I think I think Atlanta will get out of here with the victory. Uh, I think they'll win twenty-seven to twenty. Uh, Atlanta. One o'clock game with the docket. Giants at Redskins. They don't have no odd up here. No, I don't know. No, there is no points up here. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm, but I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. Um, I'm gonna take Washington. I'm gonna take Washington. I'm gonna take the Redskins to win this game. I'm gonna take the Redskins to win this game. Daniel Jones is back. Daniel Jones been struggling to take care of the ball. Plus, the Redskins been playing some hard arm. They've been playing some tough football. They're at home. Uh, I, I just don't know. It's a pick 'em. It's a. It's a. It's a pick 'em either way. Uh, you can't go wrong. I think one of these teams, one of these teams, gonna have to win. Uh, the Redskins could lose, and the Giants could win. I'm just gonna go with Washington. I'm gonna pick the. I'm gonna pick the Redskins to win 24-23. Uh, Steelers at Jets. Jets are plus uh, are you know plus three 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 point underdogs. Now the Jets have been playing well at home. Still, I don't think the Steelers have enough offensively to to come to to. 
score. I don't think I don't think can score enough points consistently. I think the Jets will win 24-17. Saints at Tennessee. Big game for Tennessee. Um, you know the South has already won. They still are in playoff contention. Contention though. The Saints are also playing for home field advantage. The Saints are on the road. I'm going to take the Saints to win this game. The Saints are playing for a little bit more. Uh, they need this game a little bit more than Titans. The Titans already lost the AFC South, but they still are in playoff contention. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Saints to win this game, 31-23. I think they get out of I think they get out of Tennessee with a victory. New Orleans wins. New Orleans, I think I think New Orleans wins and goes on to win. Uh, Cincinnati at Miami, another one o'clock game. Both teams are bad. I'm gonna take Miami. Miami's been playing hard these last seven games. Miami's three and four. Uh, they've been playing hard. They've been playing some tough football. They 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 just have a bad team. They got a lot of backups. Like they have a bad roster, but these guys have been playing hard. And their coach is not. He's not a bad coach. Um, they just have a bad roster. They got a lot of backups. You know, a lot of backups and practice squad guys. Um, that that starts for them, but I think I think Miami will go out here and play well, and I think my I think Miami will win 24-13, 24-13 against Cincinnati. One o'clock game in the docket: Baltimore at Cleveland. Baltimore is a ten-point favorite. I'm gonna take the points. I think Baltimore will beat the brakes off the Cleveland Browns. Freddie Kitchens, his job is in danger. Well, I think he already fired. I think he's already lost his job, but. They just haven't announced yet. That's just me personally. Uh, Cleveland has Cle- Cleveland has no chance. I don't think Cleveland has no chance unless you know Baltimore says, "Hey, we got the number one seed locked up already. We're good." But I think Baltimore comes out, play well. One o'clock game on the docket. Baltimore gets this win. Lamar Jackson will continue on to have his great season. I'm gonna take Baltimore to win this game, 34-21. 34-21. Oh, Carolina at Indianapolis. Indianapolis is six and a half point favorite. I'm going to take the points. They're at home. I think Indianapolis coming off of two, what, two, three straight losses. They're coming off of back-to-back losses, consecutive losses. I think they come home, play well against a, a struggling Carolina team since the firing of Ron Rivera. I'm going to take the points. I think Carolina. I think Indianapolis wins 26-19. 26-19 Indianapolis. Another game, one, another four. So this is a four o'clock game in the docket. We have Oakland at the Chargers. Oakland at the Chargers. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Chargers to win this game. Oakland has found a way to lose so many games. I mean, the Chargers have found a way to lose so many games this year. It's unbe- It's unbelievable. I'm gonna take the Chargers to win this game, even though they're seven and a half point favorites. I'm still gonna take the Char- I'm still gonna take the Raiders. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the Raiders. The Raiders are seven and a half point underdogs. Give me the points. Uh, I swallow the points. I take the Raiders. Raiders win 28-21. Four o'clock game. Detroit at Denver. Denver is a seven and a half, seven point favorite. I'm going to take the points and Denver. Denver is at home. Denver's been playing well at home, especially these last few weeks. They have killed a lot of playoff teams, uh, you know, a lot of teams' playoff hopes and, and you know, dreams. I'm going to take Denver. I think Denver will continue on to have a good second half part, second half of their season. He's playing strong and hard. Also, uh, you know, Drew Locke has been playing well as well. Uh, so I'm going to take Denver to win this game 26-26-17. Denver. Uh, Dallas, game of the day, game game of the week probably. Dallas at Philadelphia. Dallas is a two-and-a-half point favorite. How, look at this. Um, Dallas should win this game. I'm going to take Dallas to win this game 31-23. I think Dallas will escape with the victory. I don't think, I don't think Philly will have enough answers offensively to keep up with the uh, high octane offense of the Cowboys. I think Carson Wentz will fall just short. Um, the Cowboys should win this game, but if Carson Wentz just has one of those games, he has one of those games. But I'm gonna take the Cowboys to win this game, 31-23. 
Arizona and Seattle. Seattle is a nine-point favorite, but hey, I'm gonna tell you something. Seattle has really they haven't been they haven't been as dominant at home as they've been in recent years. Also, Arizona is no slouch. They are coming. They they can beat anybody in any excuse me at any team at any given time. But I'm still gonna take Seattle. This is a must-win for Seattle. They're trying to get home field. They have a big matchup coming against the 49ers. I think they will lock in. For this matchup and get ready for the Niners at home. I think Seattle wins 34-23 against Arizona. Sunday night football, Kansas City at Chicago. Chicago is a six-point underdog. I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take Kansas City. I think Kansas City will, they, you know, they, they're trying to get that two seed. They're fighting with the to get that two seed. They will not lose this game. I have Kansas City winning this game. 30 to 20. 30 to 20. Kansas City. I think they will escape late, you know, in the second half with a victory. Mahomes will show how talented and what Chicago could have had. Sorry, Chicago fans. Uh, but I think the Chiefs will do just enough to win 30 to 20. Uh, and then Monday Night Football. Now, originally, with Dalvin Cook being out. Originally, I had Minnesota winning this game. I had Minnesota winning this game, but with the injury of Dalvin Cook and with him not playing, I'm going to have to go with Green Bay to win this game. I think Green Bay will beat Minnesota at home, but I kid you not, you Minnesota fans, you Vikings fans, I had the Vikings winning. I've had this game mocked on my calendar for the last few weeks. I said for this game... I'm going to pick Minnesota, but no Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook is too much of a he's too big of a loss for me to pick uh the for, for me to pick the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Packers. Now it wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings come out here and win. Uh they're five and a half point favorites. But I think they I think Dalvin Cook is such a tremendous tremendous piece. He's such an instrumental uh, instrumental piece to what they do. Um, up there in Minnesota um, to run the ball and to sub the run. I think Kirk Cousins will be asked to do a little too much, and I think Green Bay would do – I think Aaron Rodgers and that offense would do just enough to fend off the Vikings and clinch the NFC North. I'm going to have them winning this game 31-28. 31-28 Green Bay Packers. That is my game picks for – That is the that is the rest of – of my week 16 game picks. See you guys on the other end. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to all those who celebrated. Um, thank you guys for listening. Adios amigos. I'm gone. Stay wrapped up. It's cold. It's chilly. Um, I hope that everybody receives the gifts and the presents. Also the next part. Well I'm not going to tell you that. But we see you guys later. I'm out. Thank you guys for clicking. Keep clicking. Share the pod, put on your social media pages, whatever you got to do, just share it. Um, Thank you, guys. Truly thank you, guys. Um, And I'm out. Adios, amigos. Uh, Arriba Dirty. Any way they, any form or fashion they say to make an exit, anything they say. Um, I'm gone. See you guys. Thank you.